So I walked over to Antic Attic, you know, to get her something. I thought, you know, I'd go over to work, give her an early Valentine, and you won't believe it. She's there with this guy, this really young guy, and she looks at me like she doesn't even know who I am. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Spittin' the Real Shits, the only weekly movie podcast made exclusively by, for, and about the online Facebook group, The Real Shit. Uh, you are catching us on a very special day, because this is our 10th episode ever. Uh, with a brand new bracket champion in the books, we are going to take a look back at the musical's bracket, along with previewing the upcoming bracket of champions. And along with industry news, we are going to play a Chris Nolan-centric game and take a deep dive into Charlie Kaufman with 2004's Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind and 2020's I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Uh, my name is Charlie Thompson, founder, sole administrator, and bracket master of The Real Shit. And joining me as always is my co-host, a ferocious film fan, a midnight movie maniac, and just all around nice guy, Mr. Rylan Johnson. How are you, sir? Charlie, doing well, man. Double digit. <laughs> Episode 10. Episode 10, we're here, man. We're here. We, we made, it, made it to the mountaintop. Like I said, uh, I watched uh, Tenet this week and two Charlie Kaufman films, so uh, um, I'm, uh, my brain hurts. <laughs> Well, I mean, at least you can get it out on this episode, you know. Yeah. And then we can purge, you know, and then we're we're fine. Um, I'll get over it. I'll get over it. Right. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. So uh, I went to go see Tenet too, but uh, we decided we, we we talked and we said we were going to talk about that film next week, seeing as how we already programmed this episode. Uh, we yeah. weren't gonna we weren't gonna call an audible or anything. Uh, so uh, <laughs> if you want to know about Tenet, uh, tune in next week. Uh, we'll have we'll have more than enough for you. Um, but yeah, um, so, uh, let's talk about some industry news, man. Um, uh, I came across an article that I sent to you, uh, about the, um, the Academy Awards, the Oscars, uh, the Academy, uh, changing up their rules as far as best picture nominees go. Like you, these are restrictions that say, if you don't have these things in order, you can't be nominated for a, a best picture. And um, I know I'm the one that uh, sent this article to you, but it's rather wordy, like as far as like the back end and the contract type of talk. Uh, right. But basically the theme is that um, they're wanting lesser represented people in Hollywood uh, to have more of a central role, not, not only in just the acting, but in the production, you know, the uh, distribution, uh, the people that uh, the show the films. Um, like every corner of the movie industry needs to have more diversity uh, to be even considered for best picture. And that's the penalty that you pay for not following those rules. You, you can still make whatever kind of movie you want, but if it doesn't have these certain things in them, as far as uh, whether the plot line or even the production on the back end, the behind the scenes, um, if you can't satisfy those rules, then you don't get nominated for best picture. Um, and some of these rules, uh, state uh, whether the story itself uh, revolves around uh, a person of minority uh, or if the crew, the actual people that are making the movie, the cameramen, the people that are moving the props around, uh, they have to have a certain percentage of diversity uh, within that group. Um, and then on top of that, uh, the people who um, uh, fund the movie, uh, the people in the higher and the executive branch of it, they have to have more diversity. Or the uh, the exhibition. Uh, I hate saying that word. The exhibition of the film 
um, if the, that that needs to have more diversity as well as far as the marketing uh, of the movie. Um, making sure that the people who are making these marketing pieces are also uh, have more diversity, they have more of a say in how the marketing goes out. Because for years it's been, uh, a, a, you know, a white man's game basically. So it, it, even even at the higher levels, it needs to change because who has the last say? Is you know the the, the older white men who ran the industry for years and years and years uh, before we had uh, before we had some actual change here. Yeah, I've uh, I've watched the the Oscars. Uh, my my friends throw an awesome party every year, and <laughs> we get together. And you know, there's been a lot of political pressure the last few years um, to to see some diversity and some change. And they are taking steps towards that, which is great. Um, I really like seeing it, like you said, encompass all aspects of a movie. The the crew, uh, you know, even you know, producers, stuff like that. I mean, directors. Um, who's acting, what the, the main focal point of the story is. I mean, they kind of laid some ground line, you know, groundwork for what what uh, best picture should be, which is cool that they're, they're taking steps towards that, you know. It, it needs to be done. Well, you know, last week we were talking about Alien 3 and how the studio interference was huge. I mean, but right. this is on an Alien franchise. Imagine if, 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 if every other piece of it, um was was you know diverse and then it's, as soon as you get to the top in the studios like eh, i don't like that let's go ahead and change that you know like if they were a little bit more open-minded maybe they'd be maybe maybe more into funding those kinds of ideas you know instead of being more closed-minded you know and so that i think that's great that they're being able to make that kind of change did i read that they were going to do like popular movie category as well or did they mention that like uh they made a press release saying they were thinking about adding a new category right which is like the blockbuster category that's right um and so it's like i mean uh actually i have another podcast and that whenever the story broke a year ago we talked about it and i was about i was all about it i was like yes i mean some of these movies are really well made you know yep. but they're but they're nowhere near in the in the other pieces of the film competing with you know the art house films and the period films and you know the pixars and stuff like that i mean but they but they pay the bills you know does that make sense like i just like, think it's I, kind of a shot to the the academy so you know nose in the air it's kind of like a most popular award you know i don't think they they want to give that they don't want to become an mtv movie awards you know i think they Right. They hold their up a little higher. I think that's just their problem of saying it's practically what it is, the most popular film of the year, um, which, you know, I hate to say there's going to be some years where there's going to be a OK movie that gets that award if they do make yeah. it a category. So, um, you know, I think that's just old school um, Academy having having a hard time becoming yeah. more modern, you know. No, I, I think it's great. You know, I mean, if if there is. I mean, there's got to be a reason why you have so much interest in this film is because it has so much, you know, exposure. And it's because it's a blockbuster. You know, like, of course, I can, I can, I can you know, pick apart Pirates of the Caribbean because I've seen it so many times. You know, like, and it's, it was so readily available. You know, but there might be some other films that don't get near as much, you know, exposure. You know, and why not, you know, why not have those spaces in the Best Picture category have more of that in there. So, so you can have more of that diversity and then you can put blockbusters in their own little category and everybody's fine. Everybody gets an Oscar. Like, come on. Be fine. Like, like, that's diverse, man. Come on. 
I mean, I like but, but again, if, if an action movie that's primarily an action movie can exceed and become best picture caliber, I'm all for that as well, you know? Um, but usually, usually it's just, you know, an, another chapter in a, in a series or something like that. But, but it does, it blows your freaking wig off because it's so well made, you know, because if, so uh, many people. What if Fast and Furious 10 gets this, this award? Oh my God. I mean, they, they would deserve it. I mean, there's such, uh, such a long time coming. Right. <laughs> I mean, we're talking like, like 20 years, man. Um, they've been making these movies. Anyways, um, uh, but uh, these rules that are uh, that are in the implementation phase aren't going in, in into actual uh, law until 2024. So it gives the projects and the, the distributors and the higher ups the chance to be able to make these changes and then move forward just kind of fluidly. Um, the other big piece of news that I saw was that uh, the Dune uh movie trailer dropped and uh you know i i'm not a, i have no idea what dune is about but you know what i might go see this movie there's something happening to me there's something awakening in my mind i can't control it what did you see <sighs> there's a crusade coming Do you often dream things that happen just as you dreamed them? Yes. The test is simple. Remove your hand from the box, and you die. What's in the box? Pain. You inherit too much power. You have proven you can rule yourself. Now you must learn to rule others. Something none of your ancestors learned. My father rules an entire planet. He's losing it. He's getting a richer one. He'll lose that one too. Arrakis is a death trap. This is an extermination. They're picking my family off one by one. Let's fight like demons. An animal caught in a trap will gnaw off its own leg to escape. What will you do? I know you. One day, the legend will be born. All of civilization depends on it. The future, I can see it. I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. My Lord Duke. Where the fear is gone, only I will remain. Go, go, go!
Yeah. I saw the uh, preview for it. I went to see Tenet, obviously, in the theater. First time back, man. First time back. It was a great, pleasant experience. Right. Um, I was thinking about you, man. I, I made sure to get there early, ordered, you know, got some popcorn and a soda pop, and uh, was excited. I was even excited about the the trailers. I knew I was going to see something new, um, and Dune was it. I, you know, obviously, I'd seen the, the 007 trailer. Um, they threw some other ones in there I hadn't seen, but Dune was actually the one that that excited me the most. Uh, just epic visuals, uh, an all-star cast, Josh Brolin, uh, your boy, Oscar Isaac. Uh, I know you love that dude. Um, yeah. you get Batista in there. Yeah, I love him. I think he's a great actor. And uh, you also got Jason Momoa. So um, I, I definitely wasn't a Dune fan of, of the original in the it was it late 70s, early 80s. Um, uh, it was definitely 80s, yeah. Yeah. Um, I heard it just didn't really encompass what the book was about. And, of course, the book is like a, 3000 page read or something so that's way out of my realm too yeah, but uh this, this one looks fun yeah but yeah totally epic read which i heard the read is amazing but it's just long um but uh yeah it just looks looks right up my alley sci-fi uh all-star cast um looks i, I don't i'm not really familiar with the the director i didn't write it down but i know he's done some good stuff oh yeah that's that's, uh, that's my boy denis i mm-hmm. guess uh denis villeneuve uh, yeah, he directed uh, Arrival, and he directed uh, yeah. uh, Sicario. He directed the, the Blade Runner uh, sequel. That's right. um, he directed uh, Enemy with Jake Gyllenhaal. If you haven't seen that one, fantastic film. Um, he, there hasn't been a project he's done that hasn't been so critically enjoyed, you know? Um, yeah, and yeah. God, from the footage we saw, it looks so freaking epic. Uh, well, there you go. Uh yeah, I'm just excited about the cast, and like I said, a, a sci-fi seems new to me. I know it's like it's not new to a lot of people, but it seems new and fresh to me, even though it's a reboot. Well, uh, I, I saw the lead was uh, Timothy Chalamet. I don't know if you know Timothy Chalamet. If you're if you're if you're up on him, I have not. No. Uh, well, he was actually uh, nominated for uh, Oscar two years ago for "Call Me by Your Name." With the army hammer uh, and all that kind of stuff, uh, and so man, I saw that movie twice. It was fantastic. Uh, wow. Like if you if you get a chance, man, go watch that movie. Like you're just like, whoa, what a beautiful film. Yeah, check um, that out. And uh, and then he did uh, Little Women uh, last year. He was he was in the, he was in the movie Little Women with uh, you know Greta Gerwig and the whole political thing that happened last year at the Oscars. Uh, yep. He was he was part of that cast and like everything he's done that I've seen so far is fantastic little actor. And he's the he's the lead on this one, and I'm like, man, getting this come up, hell yeah, like, good for you, man, you're a good actor. And uh, and so uh, let's see, that's all I have as far as industry news. You got anything, Ryan? Man, um, that's kind of the new, the fresh news. That's it. I think we got to mm-hmm. talk about Bill and Ted uh, before we oh. move on to Kaufman. Yes, um, we want to do that now. Like, uh, I, I, I can I can chop it up about some Bill and Ted. Yeah, I mean, I've got a, a short and sweet review. Um, if you guys if you just want to nail it out now, let's do it. Please, yeah, yeah let's do it. Let's... 25 years ago, you played a concert in front of the entire world. One month ago, you played in Barso, California for 40 people, most of whom were there for $2 taco night. Bill and Ted, what have you got to say for yourselves? Be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes. 
are supposed to unite the world and save reality as we know it. Bill, we've spent our whole life trying to write the song that will unite the world. Why can't we just go to the future when we have written it? Whoa! Take it from ourselves! But isn't that stealing? How is that stealing? If we're stealing it from ourselves, dude. <laughs> How'd you like our song? It's a little on the dark side, but you know, that's cool. Uh, man, I'm just how excited I was for this sequel is, is to start out. I mean, 30 years in the making, I was a little hesitant to see what they were going to do with it. But um, the, man, the Wild Stallions are back. Um, Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter just have such chemistry. They're, you know, it's like they didn't, you know, lose a step after 30 years. Yeah. Uh, they look a little. Keanu's looking a little old in this. Actually, I've no, I noticed. I was like, he doesn't look very John Wickish. He doesn't look very badass. He just kind of looks like, you know, the old stoner dad that that he's playing. Uh, and uh, man, it's just returning cast: the dad, the stepmom, uh, the princess is all the same. Super nostalgic. Um, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. What about you? Oh no, I, you're right. I uh, I thought that you know they they didn't miss a beat, man. Like the yeah. the way they interacted with each other, like 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 the second you saw it, you were just like, yes, <laughs> you know, it, it, it just felt so right to just hear like, like I'm telling you, Ted, like just them talking to each other, like that's so yeah. Um, yeah the, then they brought back the the same writer as the original, which I thought was a great move, um, mm-hmm. and this has that same optimistic tone, you know, like it's just such a cheesy uplifting feel-good movie and and it just feels like it's been a while since i've seen one like this you know uh, yeah. just like a strict as a strict comedy even comedies nowadays are going more cynical and dark and realistic and this was just a stupid goofy bill and ted movie that i've been wanting for 30 years uh, you know it's it's amazing that that they kept it all together this long it's just like it's so sketchy to wait 30 years to bring back two characters especially characters you kind of, you know, just relate to as teenagers and, and yeah. kind of young, young, dumb kids. Um, they just made it work. And, and I was laughing my ass off. I was really, really enjoying it. I mean, you know, I was just, it was a great send off to these two characters and I feel like they nailed it. I thought that the, uh, the inclusion of the robot was a really good move. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I made a note of, <laughs> even of, of Caleb. Yeah, I mean he's he, Anthony Kerrigan. Is, I've I've I love him in the show Barry. I've been watching Barry on HBO. Yeah, um, uh, it, it, he's just like he's hilarious in that. And I had to look up I, this robot in this. I mean, I don't. We're obviously going to spoil it here, but the robots in it is just he's just so funny. He's one of the best parts. Um, <laughs> yeah, like and it, the makeup it, is so good. I was gonna say the makeup's really creepy, and I almost had to look him up on IMDb immediately when I saw him because I was like, I know this guy's voice. And then I, I made the relation, and it's just like, oh, I love this guy. His, his comedic timing is just hilarious. Um, mm. And it was great. It was great to see William Sadler back as uh, Death as well. Uh, yeah, I had to remind my sister of who that was, right? Like, as, far, as far as the actor, and I go, I go, that's the guy in Shawshank who bet money on the 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 tubby guy. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and she's like mind blown, and I'm like, yeah. Right. Like that, his face—you've you've seen his face. Don't don't think you haven't. 
and I, and I love the, the I love the part with death and like I love the business side of the wild stallions uh, that you got to see for a glimpse there you know and then they were talking about they were like like squashing that beef um I thought that was really good um and yeah all around just just feel good flick you know everybody was like so upbeat and everybody looked, it looked like everybody was having a great time making that movie yeah the the daughters they that, that play uh, Bill and Ted's daughters, the mannerisms they got down just so well, especially Ted's <laughs> Ted's daughter. She just has that like head bounce thing, and just it was they those the two girls that played the daughters I thought were great. Um, but yeah, just a happy go lucky feel good movie that I thought did really well. Um, you know, I was really happy to see a Bill and Ted movie again. I hope this is it. Um, good send off and uh, not a bad little rental. I did pay the the twenty five bucks to keep it. You know, so nice money nice. well money well spent in my mind. As a as a hard copy fan, I will wait until it comes out on on physical media. But but yes, I will definitely be buying this film as well. And I can't wait to have a little triple feature. Um, but as far as group news, um, we have a new bracket champion. Riley, can you believe it? Yes, I kind of kind of knew we could go into the finals that uh, the wizard wasn't going to be taken down. But uh, Man, yeah, it was a good good fight. Well. Uh, Yes, I mean Wonka had his fans, but there was no way that the wizard wasn't winning this competition. Uh, I mean, it, it has all the acumen, has has the pedigree of being, you know, in the game way longer than Wonka. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's groundbreaking film as far as the Technicolor goes. I mean, plus it's you know it's a, it's a fine little musical, you know. Um, I don't I don't think there's a film that's worthy more more praise than Wizard. You know, it like just stands the testament of time. Uh, it's like my parents' favorite movie and our generation's favorite movie. You know, it's just it's yeah. crazy how how well this movie has done over the years. And I think it's 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 a heavy hitter in this bracket of champions, to be honest. And I think that uh, um, yeah, the, just the legacy of it. You know, it uh, yeah, you said it all, man. I, can, I don't even think I can back you up on that one. You you, you said it, dude. Uh, it, it's right. It's I mean, it's a lot of people's favorite movie. Um, and it is, it's a force to be reckoned with on this bracket, which I'm getting together right now, uh, this bracket of champions. Um, but as far as the bracket goes, I mean, there was ups, there was downs. You know, you had the Team America getting that first W and, and everybody trying to rally for the, for the quarterfinals, but didn't work out. Um, I mean, you had Singing in the Rain getting kicked out by Rocky Horror Picture Show. And from, from what I've talked, from who I've heard from, Everybody's fine with that. <laughs> like I was, I was like, why aren't y'all sad that Singing in the Rain is gone? It's like the best musical ever. You know, we're we're a different group. I know, right? It's so funny. Uh, I wasn't surprised that uh, Little Shop got all the way to the final four. Um, I think that if it had been reversed, you know, if it was um, Rocky Horror and Little Shop had switched. Rocky Horror, Little Shop would be going to the finals, but as it shook out, it was Wonka versus Wizard, and uh, Wizard took the took the statue. Um, but yes, I, I already made the bracket out. It's coming out in a couple days, guys. I uh, can't wait to play it. Uh, and I, I didn't give it much lead time as far as watching movies because I mean they're such popular films. Uh, I'm I'm kind of excited about the. There's no real um, backdrop. There's no genre. You know that you can base it off of. It's, it's literally just movie for movie, like this one or this one. They're both great, but you got to choose. You know, right? 
And uh, I like that aspect of it. And then we have an ultimate champion. So then we have a, a whole new tier of, of what a great movie is on a general consensus tip. It's so fun. Uh, and then I heard from Nasty Nate. Uh, he says he's still working on this on this meme master thing, so we'll stay tuned on that. Um, but yes, I'm so excited about uh, the bracket of champions. And uh, as far as this programming here, uh, we are doing uh, one more episode after this uh, about about Tenet next week, and then we're going to bring another uh, member guest on after that. So we have things things in the works, guys. So keep uh, keep uh, listening, keep scrolling. Uh, it's going to be all good, but. Uh, right now, I wanted to see if uh, you wanted to play a little fun game with, with me, Rylan. Hello. You don't know me, but I know you. I want to play a game. I like games. Let's go. Games are fun. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, we, we did this one time uh, back in the... In the uh, in the single digits, because we're double digit people now, um, big time. That's right, that's right, big time. Uh, we did this game where we just uh, kind of rattled off a popular movie, and we kind of told the story of uh, where we were whenever we first saw this movie. And uh, seeing as how we both saw Tenet uh, this week, we wanted to do a Christopher Nolan uh, themed version of this game. So all the entries in this game are going to be uh, Nolan films, uh, and so. You want to go down the list, man? Let's go. Let's ra- I'm ready. Let's roll. All right. So uh, first on the block is The Dark Knight. Where were you, Rylan? Oh, I mean, first and foremost, I just want to say Nolan is one of those directors that just drives me to the theater. I mean, he's up there with Cameron and, and Scorsese, all these big names. But he's it's just one of those guys that drives me. And Dark Knight was definitely the, his most anticipated movie of all time, if not one of the top ten. You can't really... Can't, can't really put it in there with m- many others that people were so stoked for this film. They were so oh. stoked to see Heath Ledger's Joker. The buzz, the buzz surrounding it was it was already yeah. talked Oscar talk, you know, and all this. Um, and of course, I was one of the kids that was there midnight showing. Um, I think even I think most of the theaters at that time were doing the Thursday at midnight. Uh, I mean, the whole theater was. I think I went. Uh, I can't remember which theater I went to. I went with my buddy Steven. It was a little bit out of the neck, my neck of the woods, but the entire theater was devoted to nothing but Dark Knight. The fans were there. Uh, just the excitement. I mean, it, it couldn't get any better. I think I've watched it three times in the theater. Um, you know, just just because I was such a Batman Joker nerd fan. Um, you know, just my Xbox little gamer tag was why so serious. You know what I mean? I, I love this film. <laughs> you were all in. You were all in. Um, oh man, that's that was so that night, opening night. Was there was it like cosplayers or was it just, just you know? It, I don't, I think it was a lot of casual fans. You know, I didn't really see it. wasn't I've been to a Star Wars opening night, it wasn't quite that um, uh, fanboyish or or Comic Conish. <laughs> Okay, okay. they're just like, I'm here to see Batman, y'all. But I saw some Batmans. There were some Batmans, there were some Jokers, for sure. Uh, And, uh, you know, like I said, it was just an epic movie. I don't know if it holds the record for Thursday night, midnight viewings, but it's got to be up there. I mean, just to see how many people were willing and wanting to watch this movie was was fun. I love those moments. Um, For me, with Dark Knight, um, I saw it in my favorite format, which was like week three at a like a 10 a.m matinee 
like nice. uh, like the, the, I mean, if if you if you love the Midnight movie, man, and and all and all that, you know, that old rigmarole, I am the biggest fan of just like having like three, four people in in the room and just and just watching just a film like and during the day, you know, just something to do. Um, and I, I remember I, I had the like the day off. I was waiting tables, and uh, didn't have to work. Didn't have to work until that night, like until five. And so I was like, man, if I can do this today, I can get Dark Knight in. You know, I can watch it. And uh, man, yeah, it blew. It, they, it exceeded every single one of my expectations. Like, I mean, even with the footage that I saw of the, the classic trailer. Like, I mean, I, I can I can think about the trailer in my head, like 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 shot for shot. You know. Yep. Is is you know the funny thing is is just how much better it was to me than than Batman Begins. Nolan had upticked this one by so much. Um, yeah. You know, I just I I hate that this is by far just the crowning jewel of this this trilogy, and it's not even close. Um, yeah. You know, I really wish that like I think I saw you mention that you know he had to make one to get in, and then he made his movie, and then number three he was contractual and just had to finish the the trilogy. But I just yeah. I wish he put more effort in the one and three, or maybe had not killed off. Obviously, if Heath Ledger would have been alive, it would have been so cool to see him continue into three. Um, but that just wasn't the case, and um, you know. But still, just top top three superhero movies of all time, in my opinion. So couldn't get any better. Easy, yeah, um, yeah. It's I mean I mean plus you had the added thing of you know Two Face at the very end. And you're just like yes. Like, I mean, because because we all know Harvey Dent, like like, but sometimes Harvey Dent doesn't doesn't come out as as Two Face. Like sometimes he's just, you know, Harvey Dent. You know, like you, you never know what part of the of the story you're watching. So then you, then you see, you know, I always thought that was a great little touch too. Everybody loves Batman, but it's all about the villains. I mean, that's what makes the movie good or bad. I mean, yes. Batman obviously Christian Bale kills it as Batman. Ben Affleck was just as good. But Ben Affleck did not have these villains that that mm. Christian Bale was was blessed with this performance by Heath Ledger. Because if you take that out of this movie, it would be a really, really run of the mill another Batman uh, series or trilogy. Um, you know, I really think that the addition of Joker on top of the performance is just what blows this thing out of the water. But yeah, very exciting night at the movies that night for sure. All right. What about uh, Inception? Where were you? Uh, Inception was another one that I knew I had to go see in the theater just because of the visuals. And, and it, it made me excited because this was, uh, you know, almost like a like a, you go to, to a movie and, and it kind of be tested um, to see how how you how well you can follow along uh, the clues. It's kind of a mystery thing. And, um, you know, those kind of movies excite me, too. Um, and I'm a huge Leonardo DiCaprio fan. This is, you know, I think Nolan attached himself to uh to Leo for this, and it was just a great cr- collaboration. I think he nailed it in this role, and it was definitely. Um, I don't think I was a, a gung ho midnight, you know, viewing. I, the older I get, the more I do what you do, which is uh, go on a Monday yeah. at at eleven a.m. when there's nobody in there because it is fun to be in the crowds and 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 have the hype. But man, the older I get, the more I just want to enjoy a movie and in, in, in silence, you know, <laughs> man, and just absorb it, you know. And this. Um, this was definitely those. It was it was that first Nolan film, not the first one. I mean, of course, Memento and all these others are, are get you thinking, but yeah, I just thought it was a great original concept. It came across as pretty original to me. And when you're just, we were in the just deep remake reboot, just just yeah, everything 
being rebooted and remade at this time. To, so it was a breath of fresh air to see something original and and intellectual. And you know, um, it was one of those ones you had to watch two or three times to understand. So yeah, and I, I think it was um, it was more like you know Nolan showing his I don't know his signature style, I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which was like, which is like the first little bit. Of, I mean, I guess you got a little bit of it in Dark Knight, like with, you know, the just kind of the way he approached it as as opposed to Batman Begins. Uh, but I, I think with Inception, he's really showing a lot of his of his style, like 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 what he can bring to the table with his own stories, you know. And um, but with me, uh, in 2010, I was a brand new father of like an 18 month old child, so there was no way I was going to the theater. Um, uh, and so I was, you know, it was, it was, you know, working home, working home, you know, just made trying to make it, you know? And, uh, and so, uh, I knew a buddy who knew how to do a thing online to get me a movie for free. And, um, and so, uh, so I did it that way. And, uh, because it got nominated for best picture and a, a while back, I made a pact with myself saying that I'm going to watch every single best picture nominee come hell or high water. And, um, and so uh, th this created an avenue for me to be able to watch it and just watch it once, you know, be able to get it in. And uh, so I watched it on my laptop, basically, uh, which is not the place to be watching uh, Inception. Um, but but I watched it, you know, for the for the category. Um, but I, I was aware of it. I mean, it came out after Dark Knight. And so, like, I, I, I knew it looked really good and it looked very ominous. Um, but again, I was the father of an 18-month-old child. Like, my priorities were a little different at that point. Still uh, snuck it in. <laughs> say what? I said you still snuck it in. You got it in. That's what I, I did. It. I did. I, I hustled. I hustled up. Um, but one thing you missed out on watching on a laptop is Hans Zimmer's composing. Dude, that, that soundtrack is sick. Oh, I love it. But I was plugged in, and I, I had the headphones on. And there you go. And I, I got the full, uh, you know, audio experience. Um, what about Dunkirk? Where were you when you first watched Dunkirk? No, Dunkirk, I actually didn't see in the theaters, which I'm kind of upset about, and I can't tell you why. Um, I did catch it at the house, and uh, was super enjoyed, enjoyable. I love historical war movies. Um, and this was Nolan's take on it. And I mean, just the sound editing and just the, the where he puts you, it puts you inside of it, inside the war. And it just seems so personal and like you're really there. And um, yeah, I really, really enjoyed that one at the house for sure. Um, well, with Dunkirk, I was um, I was super excited to watch it, but I had the same you know argument as as last movie. I was a father and, you know, responsibilities and yada, yada, yada. Uh, but I wanted to make a point to uh, to get it. And a few years back, I was big on the red box. Just love the red box, you know, especially with the Blu-rays. You can pop it in; it's crystal clear. You know, you don't have to worry about streaming or storms happening, and you have to buffer or whatever. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just I'm a, I'm a classic guy like that. And uh, and so I have to support the Blu-ray industry. Um, and so uh, so I, I I was red boxing a lot, and I came across Dunkirk. And I, and I popped it in, and man, it was so good. Um, and I thought it was a great move for uh, Christopher Nolan. Like, he'd been making all these little action movies and mind benders. I mean, I mean, you're st you still have your Nolan-isms in there. But man, he just made a great little period piece movie. And I, I, I I've watched it twice already uh, in my lifetime. So, um, 
Yeah, that's where I was. It was so good. Let's see. Uh, uh, lastly, what do we have here? We have Insomnia, early Nolan. Uh, where yeah. were you? Yeah, I threw the early Nolan in there. Um, and Insomnia was one of those ones that I saw as a rental, um, but Robin Williams' uh, role was just so different in that. And I think that's why I don't think it got a lot of buzz because um, he was playing a you know dramatic role and um, – you know, it was early Nolan. I don't think he had the did not have the name that he has now. So no. caught it as a rental, but it just uh I mean, God, is that not one of Robin Williams' most awesome dramatic roles ever? I mean, he oh. plays he plays a creep so well. And so intense, the, yeah. yeah, the cinematography of the store and just the bright lights and you know, just the the you know, the the end the look of you know, look inside of a madman's kind of head and Robin Williams just plays that role so well uh totally enjoyed that one at the house and um that was the one that i actually remember telling people about hey you need to watch that one uh because like i said i don't think you got got a lot of buzz i don't think it really touched a a lot of houses mainstream and um i remember mentioning it to numerous people to check out i think obviously since now it's it's kind of caught some some uh you know some fan some fandom there over the years but uh yeah really really well put together movie um well, uh, what's funny is that I watched this movie not knowing it was a Nolan film, but still being aware of who Christopher Nolan was. Which uh-huh. is like, because I, I watched Memento uh, back when there was blockbusters around everywhere. Uh, right. you could Memento, and uh, and I remember I picking it up, and it was like it was like one of those little buzzworthy movies, like. Like it, it, it didn't have any uh, legs in the theater, but once it hit video, like everybody was like, "You seen this fucking movie, Memento?" And so, uh, like his name got out there. Great storytelling on that one. And so I looked it up, and I knew who this guy was. Uh, and then he came out with Insomnia, uh, which um, uh, my a collaborator that I have, a guy I work in a band with, uh, we used to go and watch movies all the time back in the early two thousands. And uh, we were just constantly just going to see stuff like um, to give you a time frame, like the sum of all fears, like when that came out, um, uh, like that era, like like early to mid 2000s. And uh, and, uh, you know, Insomnia was one of the titles that was in the theaters. And I remember thinking that um, I didn't like Al Pacino a whole lot like because, you know, I'm a 90s kid. I'm not I'm not a 70s and 60s kid. You know, and I didn't appreciate Al Pacino when I was 19, you know, Um what <laughs> for real yeah that was i was just like 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 whatever he's put out so far i'm not a big fan of it like like, like chino fuck this guy well no like like i, I guess I, I guess i didn't really grasp the concept of how great he was and and right. God yet and so i guess what what i had seen was let's go down the list 90s kid al pacino um yeah sin of a woman I mean, uh fucking dick tracy um you got uh devil's advocate I mean, he's just loud, dude. He's just, he's just like a guy that just screams at her all the time. <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get like why he mattered to me, like like in the realm of actors, you know. Awesome. Uh, if, if I didn't have to take, you know, a journey back, you know, in, in the time machine, you know, like uh, like because because in in that day, that was me saying like, okay, boomer, to my parents, you know, about Al Pacino. And um and so uh, I remember thinking that you know oh I roll Al Pacino's in this fucking thing, uh, but but I liked Ron Williams I liked Hillary Swank, uh, so I went to go see it and then Al Pacino blew me the fuck away, like with his performance I was I was like this is good man, 
Like, like finally, I'm seeing what everybody's talking about with Al Pacino. And, uh, and yes, a fantastic little film. I mean, the, that so much has been said about it already. Um, but yeah, I, I watched it in the theaters, and I thought it was a great little experience. It's awesome in the theaters, man. That was like I said. I don't think you were in the majority there. Um, yeah, yeah, very, and, very slept on, very slept on. And you're right. This is a slept on uh, uh, Pacino performance. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the ending, the, just the the climactic ending in this is just so good. And if you haven't seen this, if you're listening and you haven't seen this Insomnia movie, definitely, definitely catch it. It's a good one. Yes, yes. It's 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 not always talked about when it's talked about in the no one canon. Um. But uh, I'm sorry to, to say we have to go into, into sad town uh, with our yeah. next segment, guys. Um, we decided, uh, for some reason, I don't know why, uh, in the middle of a pandemic, we're going to talk, talk about sad movies. But um, uh, Charlie Kaufman, a famous writer of uh, Being John Malkovich and Adaptation, uh, he also came out with a brand new feature film that he wrote and directed himself. Jake, my boyfriend. It's snowing. Winter is coming. We have a real connection. A rare and intense attachment. I've never experienced anything like it. I'm thinking of ending things. Huh? What? Did you say something? I don't think so. Weird. I'm visiting Jake's parents for the first time. He hasn't been my boyfriend for very long. They really are looking forward to meeting you. I think you're ending things. Hello? We're here. Oh, hi. Oh, it's all wet. Here they come. Jeff has told us so much about you. He's told me so much about both of you, too. And you came anyway. (laughs) Jake. Tells me you're studying quantum psychics. Ooh, physics. Really? But there's just something profoundly wrong here. Are you okay? Yeah. I think you're ending. I am so glad Jake has found someone. (laughs) Soon this will all be a distant memory. Who's this? It's me. No, it was me. I tell you, I would misplace my own head if it wasn't screwed onto my own head. I feel like I was seeing them as they were. Seeing them as they will be. Seeing them after they're gone. I'm thinking of ending. You stay here. Excuse me? You don't have to go. I don't have to go where? Forward. People like to think of themselves as points moving through time. But I think it's the opposite. Stationary and time passes through us, blowing like cold wind. Maybe this is how it was always going to end. Which he's only done one other time with uh, Synecdoche, New York. Uh, so this is his second try as a writer-director. Um, usually his career consists of collaborating with uh, Spike Jones or Michelle Gondry uh, for the, you know, the final product. Um, and so he came out with his brand new movie. Uh, it, it streamed on Netflix, and uh, I thought it'd be fun if we 
visited that movie, and then we went back to uh, a, a famous Kaufman um, pen film, Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind. We can talk about both of them. Yeah, uh, uh, what order did you go in whenever you watch these movies, Ronan? Uh, I watched, um, uh, I think I'm going to end this first. Um, okay. And like I said, I had seen Spotless Mind uh, probably twice, uh, maybe a year or two after it came out and then revisited it quite a while. So it had been a while, so I watched uh, that one second. But, um, man, I, I totally went into... Uh, I think I'm thinking of ending this ending at wait, hold on. <laughs> Is it, I even I'm have thinking it. of ending things. Yeah, I, I think I'm thinking of ending things. I have to, I have to write that down like three times to get it right. But um, all good. Yeah, it, it was just such a mind bender. And, and I had to actually stop, you know, about 15 minutes in and kind of do more of a review of the like, look at the movie more online and say, what am I watching? And it was it was definitely more of like a psych- psychological horror. And I was going into it not thinking that at all. Um, yeah, you know, is that is that the vibe that you got it? it like right off the bat, it's very um, like a dream state. It's very uneasy. Um, you know, I think this that's just what Kaufman does. I mean, if you've seen seen his films, I mean, I, I get that aspect, but I didn't really, I didn't really feel the the horror or whatever aspect of it until you really get going. Um, and and it was just it. it I'm actually at a loss of of words after viewing something like this. I mean, it's one of those those deep uh, movies that that makes you think really hard about what just what did you just watch? Yeah, well, uh, I guess my first impression was that this is going to be a breakup film, you know, kind of like Spotless Mind. Yep. Um, and then you know, it it was not that at all. Um, I mean, because because that I mean, it's in the title. I'm thinking of ending things. You know, uh, and 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 the first shot you see is of this girl, you know, and so she's the narrator as well, and so, um, and so that's that's just kind of the road I was on, you know, and uh, you know, like basically the movie is her experiencing these different things uh, that she sees in this journey with this with her boyfriend that she's dated for about seven weeks, and um, and the, it's like first time he's gonna she's gonna go meet his parents, and you just kind of see everything through her eyes. Uh, and then um, near the end of the film, I won't get into it, but the the perspective shifts, and it's so incredibly um, artistic in the way he did it. And then, um, did you go back on anything or, re- or you know watch some kind of uh, review? Yeah, uh, a video. Yeah, I had to, I had to go back and and definitely watch a review on YouTube. Um, it's just extremely complex, you know. It's got this lingering dread. It's got a lot of symbolism, as the notes I wrote down. You know, the cinematography is really eerie. Um, it's a heavy plot. It, you know, there's, there's, it's just, it's a, it's kind of like a, it's almost like a puzzle that you have to figure out while you're watching it, and it's kind of hard to follow. Um, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, a lot of these these films, you know, I think are meant to to be that way, where you 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 think about what's going on and then you question yourself and then it's just really, really deep. Um, you know, it has a lot of social miscues in it, you know, a lot of how, how dreadful it is to meet the in-laws. And then, you know, she meets this, this, her boyfriend's parents and they're so unusually awkward and strange. And I thought maybe there was some mental health, you know, cues in there. They, they almost seem like they were autistic, um, or, or just like the social interactions are just so off in this, the pacing, yeah, you know, it's just so many questions, and 
Um, it's just and you, unique. Can, you can interpret it in so many different ways. That's the hardest part is interpretation. You know, that's why I have to go back and watch a, you know, it's a, a study guide, you know, to get what some of these things meant. And I, like you said, you watch it and you think you know what's going on. And then this perspective changes. But I mean, but at the, at its core, the, the story is really simple. Yes. You know? Like it's just a couple going to see, you know, the, you know, the, the parents, you know, and yeah, like very, the, the very the, you know, relatable. Yeah. Very relatable for sure. You know, and then, you know, the, the, the awkward drives there and back and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just crazy that, uh, uh well, cause uh, like, like you said, in the first 15 minutes, I mean, they hit you with a lot. I mean, cause I thought this was like, you know, like a couple that hated each other, like in the first right. few minutes, you know, like they were I just felt like it, it was, it was such a poetic beginning that the dialogue is really, really hard to follow. It just feels like a poem in motion. It feels kind of, um, you know, you're trying to figure out the state of mind or what direction it's going, but it's mm -hmm. so choppy and it's so that, like I said, the pacing is so confusing to me. You know, it's one of those movies I had to sit up and like, yeah. You know, sit up and, and kind of twitch my head and go, wait, what? And and I did that numerous times, and it was just that's the only you know that's kind of the the one uh, downfall I can I can give it is just it's just so awkward and the pacing so off. But that's obviously what Kaufman's going for. That's his style. I mean, I totally get it. But for this one though, it just like I said, it was it was dreadful and it was almost horror esque. You know, it's, it is kind of a horror film in a, in a, in a way uh, that you've never seen before. Or well, um, oh, oh no! I, I, I drew um, I drew parallels to like Get Out, you know. Yeah. Uh, whenever I first saw it, like you know, it's it's like just a, a way of of telling that story differently, you know. And and that's that's what I what I picked up on. And then you know, again, like it, it just hits you upside the head with the ending. And um, and uh, I thought Jesse Plemons was fantastic of, of Breaking Bad fame. Um, I, I thought he's. I thought he was just fantastic in this movie. I'm I'm glad he's getting such a fruitful career. And I didn't I didn't realize how good of an actor he was, you know, until years later after Breaking Bad. Yeah, and then, I actually wrote wrote that note. The the acting the quality of acting in this movie is what really makes it. If the acting wasn't good, it would not uh it wouldn't have as it wouldn't be as powerful. It wouldn't be anywhere near as good. And um yeah, like you said, I love the kid from Breaking Bad. Um he's always good. He's always Strong actor. He's he's done some things now that uh you know he pulled this Kaufman film off. Yeah, he has some real pedigree now, man. He's, I I didn't realize how good of an actor he was. Uh, and then of course you have your your Kaufman usuals. You have your uh, David Thewlis is there, the the who plays the the father. Um, you got Tony Collette um, as the mother. Uh, the, you got the newcomer Jamie Buckley as the as the girlfriend. Uh, the only thing I, I know her from besides this is. She played the wife uh, of one of the firefighters in Chernobyl. If you ever watched that miniseries, um, yeah, I love that movie. That, that miniseries Chernobyl was amazing. Yeah, she she played the blonde wife and the, yeah. the of one of the first firefighters. That was her. Mm -hmm. um, they're, they're gonna. I uh, think you have to know about me, audiences. Um, I'm huge on like being able to place actors in different movies. Like that's the guy from that, and that's the guy from that. Uh, and so, like, I I, I consider it a skill of mine. So every, every once in a while, my ego comes out. So I apologize. Um, so you're you're really good at the what is it? Six degrees to Kevin Bacon. Oh my! I'm so good. I, I like I like. Uh, I'm, I'm not even gonna try and front. Like I'm every humble. Like I'm so good at it. Like it's 
it's like I'm not gonna try and and be be like a G shot. Uh, it's a fun game for me too. Every time I'm I'm on an IMBD immediately, I know mm-hmm. that guy. This that one thing that's him. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm, but I've been doing it since like like VHS tapes. Like oh, I remember, yeah. I remember watching uh, Commando, right? I, I know I know it's one of your one of your top favorites. Love it. I, I remember watching Commando and then watching uh, Forty Eight Hours. Yes, and it being like, and be like, those steel drums are the same composer. <laughs> like, like I remember doing that when, like, when I was like eleven or twelve years old. Like, like being able to catch those similarities, it's crazy. Just born with it, dude. You're born with it. Thanks, man. Thanks. Um, uh, but yeah, it's again, it's such a fresh film um, that I don't want to give too much away. But yes, it's such a great. Um, God, it's such a great Kaufman entry. Like if, if if I'm thinking like writing, directing, like his last one was Synecdoche, New York. If you haven't seen that one, highly recommend it. If you're a, a mind bender film fan, uh, that one will take you to the edge and back. And this one does the exact same. So um, I'm all for Charlie Kaufman having complete control of his projects. Um, and uh, yes, I can't wait to see what he puts out next. Um, but uh, but I'm totally. Totally enjoyable. Um, I, if 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 you have trouble in the beginning, I'm going to tell you hold on. I did get a little lost in the in the first thirty forty five, but the ending and the and the and the, the last third of this movie is really worth the, the two thirds that that precede it. Um, you Absolutely. know, definitely worth a watch. Deep, you know, make some uh, make some hot chocolate or something and watch this yeah. one. It's it's <laughs> lot, lots of introspection. Uh, lots of you know human nature you know coming out of the film um but uh i'm the same with you i watched i'm thinking of anything first also so i watched eternal sunshine of the spotless mind literally i want to say about five hours before we got on here hello i'm howard mirziak founder and president of lacuna incorporated why remember a destructive love affair here at lacuna we have perfected a safe effective technique for the focused erasure of troubling memories. In a matter of hours, our patented non-surgical procedure will rid you of painful memories and allow you a new and lasting peace of mind you'd never imagined possible. This is a hoax, right? I assure you, no. Is there any risk of brain damage? It's on a par with a night of heavy drinking. Nothing you'll miss. seen it before and um I, I don't know what it is about this film that it's I, I really it's a masterpiece it is. it is and um and I have no problem calling it that but for some reason I always kept it at arm's length and I, I, I don't know why I was always like do I really want to see this film which which I, I think about it with all Kaufman films like when I see the 
the trailer or I hear the synopsis, I'm always very hesitant, you know? And, um, and then after seeing all this Kaufman now, I can see that it's, it's such top tier. And he actually won him the Oscar for uh, Best Original Screenplay back in 2004 uh, for this film. Well and, deserved. Well oh, deserved. Definitely. And, uh, but yeah, watching it again, like, I, it's, it's rewatchability is so low. But man, when you rewatch it again, you're just like, man, that's so good. It's such a good movie. You know, I, it's, it's hard to, to deny its, its greatness. My first viewing of it, I was too young to really appreciate it. I think you really have to go through a real shitty breakup or a, or a true love or something that, you know, you can relate to this film, yes. um, you know, because it's it's just the universal concept concept of relationships and and a bad one and, and how you want to get rid of all the, the memories of that. Or if somebody's really, really hurt you that bad, you know, I wrote down it's kind of like Total Recall, but just... <laughs> You know, the romantic total recall, you know, you yeah. don't like these, you don't like, you know, somebody did you wrong, go in and get your memories erased. And, um, original idea, um, the thing that I love the most that I re- like, you know, haven't, having gone so long with reviewing it, I just remember that the lighting and the disorientation and the dream state of it was so well done. Um, and just, you know, kind of, kind of was kind of a, you know, groundbreaking at the time, I think, you know, the, that, that style in, in the early two thousands was really what it, what intrigued me. I remember seeing the trailer for it and it showed some of those dream statuses or the, you know, the, the cinematography of oh, it and it just yeah. looked, looked so cool and so fresh and so um, unique. Um, so yeah, that was just, that was what um, kind of caught my eye the first time. And then rewatching it as an older man, you know, it even hit harder where you're like, oh, okay, you yeah. know, this is this movie's about a love and a breakup and and um, relationships and and how you deal with them. Like, um, um, maybe that's it, man. Maybe the the footage that I saw beforehand, I maybe thought it was just too much, you know. Uh, and I I had seen the science of sleep uh, before this, and uh, and that's Michelle Gondry, and I and that 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 movie is outrageously like coming at you. And so maybe maybe it was just my 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 first experience with Michelle Gondry. I was like I was like okay, that's that's a little bit too much. <laughs> you know, but but then I saw this and I was like and I saw it was you know written by Charlie Kaufman. And uh I was like I can't deny it. And so I watched it and again, like you said, like maybe it was maybe I hadn't gone through that yet and so I couldn't really relate. But then now Ryland, like 15 years in the game uh, with with my wife, like it was. I was kind of like, man, buck up, you, you know. Yeah. Like I was, I was, I was looking at this guy, like, like, will you quit crying? Yeah, like, God. That's what yeah. I love about film too, is you can watch it at two different points in your life, and then and mm-hmm. then make the you know change it, change change your your idea of the movie completely. Right. You know, that's exciting. Uh, for um, for those who have not seen it or you know just heard about it. Um, it's basically this, uh, this young man named Joel who just got through a, a bitter breakup, and um, we get to see the story of him meeting this girl on the train, and uh, them them having an instant connection, and then uh, trying to meet up the next day, and then them basically realizing that they've known each other for way longer than they actually have, and um, and it is uh, the the journey that they take you on, you know, through all the steps that were taken. And then all the ticks of the relationships and the flashbacks. And uh, you're right, like the, the dream states where they go from 
set to set, like the the kitchen sink sequence was crazy. Um, I thought that was such a great little set piece. Uh, you know, the the kitchen scene with the forced perspective, uh, with uh, uh, Jim Carrey underneath the table. I mean, fantastic imagery. Um, and then I thought that the the dynamic of uh, the people that were doing the procedure, um, uh, Elijah Wood and uh, Mark Ruffalo and Kirsten Dunst and uh, Tom Wilkinson. I mean, these are early 2000s checklists of people you got to have in your movie. Um, and I, I thought the dynamic between those people were great. And, you know, and, and then it, it's kind of like um, that lesson of like, you know, absolute power. You know, he uh, and it corrupts absolutely. You know, like like even even the doctor who made the thing is susceptible to having love interfere with science. You know, well said. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it's Kaufman and Michelle uh, uh, Gondry's just they're just so well balanced and they're so great together um, with script and directing. Um, they just it, they just nail this film. It's just you know I wrote down it's just how we develop as people through a painful real relationship and break and and, and heartbreak. And it's, you know, these terrible things and memories are needed to develop as a human being. Um, and, and you even touched, too, that the supporting cast in this was so good. Um, but really what what I take away from it is how this has got to be Jim Carrey's best acting performance. Um, you know, he's just so good as like a shy, somber, timid person. I, with, with, with me growing up on Jim Carrey completely, yeah. I mean, so, even since, you know, his goofy... Uh, Fire Marshal Bill days of him living color. Yeah, yes. um, I'm a huge Ace fan and 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 liar liar. But for some reason, he, he's just he kills this role. I don't really look at him as Jim Carrey, and that's so hard to do to get to be a mega mega goofball comedy guy. To mm -hmm. to be able to transition into this role is so cool to me. And and me retouching it today. Just even made more, it just even, you know, cemented that even more. I'm like, damn, Jim Carrey nailed this role. Kate Winslet's pretty good in it too, but I think he's just outshines her in this one. Well, I thought it was, it was a way that to test, you know, that Jim Carrey could keep up with, with uh, uh, Kate Winslet. You know, I mean, she's, I mean, if we're looking at this analytically in the, in the, you know, good actor, bad actor, I mean, I would say that Kate Winslet overall in her catalog has more acting, acting, acting in it. Um, right. And so and so for Jim Carrey to be able to be able to play off of her and, you know, you know, and, you know, have that kind of response and action reaction, you know, for her, for him to keep up with her. I thought that was great. And um, and uh, with uh, but I disagree with you on the greatest performance. Um, I still think Truman Show is his best performance. But if we're going comedy, I would go liar, liar, hands down. Uh, if, it's, if it's if we just if it's just dramatic roles, I would go Truman Show. Uh, but, Truman Show is so good. Oh, I love that movie. But across it's the board, got, it's got my boy Ed Harris too. Ed Harris, my boy. You got, Ed Harris got nominated for an Oscar for that role, but Jim Carrey so, did not. I know. Isn't that crazy. He got robbed. He got robbed. I thought it was just such a fulfilling film. And uh, and and I thought that it was crazy that I, we picked Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, uh, along with I'm Thinking of Ending Things because. You know, in the onset, both of these movies kind of had the same ticks to them. Um, you know, there's the the timid, you know, quiet guy. There's the manic pixie dream girl. You know, there's the there's the blood in the water already type of aspect, you know, to it. Um, and so, um, 
and then of course you know the actual you know childhood and introspection and all that kind of other stuff that goes further down the spiral you know um definitely the same tone the similarities are are really close but at the same time really far away if i can say that that even makes sense (laughs) yes um like it's uh, like i said it's it's the tones there the premise is there but they really go on separate paths mm -hmm. but oh it is you know a couple dealing with life and relationship problems and and um but man how far how far apart are they are they but at the same time you could just it's got kaufman all over it i mean uh it's just it's it's him it's it's what he does best yeah Um, and this this was fun to see him get directing and writing in the same combo and see what he can do and uh man he did really well with it man i can't wait i can't wait to uh see what he does next i can't wait to see it you know um I mean, I, I became a I became a Michelle Gondry fan through uh, Be Kind Rewind. That was the movie that I was like, man, Michelle Gondry's the, the bomb, right? <laughs> you know, um, but uh, I can't wait to see what he does next. Uh, again, you know, Charlie Kaufman. I mean, I hope people keep funding his films because uh, they're fantastic and they're great little ideas. Um, but uh, but yeah, if, I, I highly recommend both films. Uh, but again, you know, you know, be sure to be in the mood for these kinds of films. If you're looking for a little mind bender plus a lot of emotion, you know, humanity, uh, these are great films to watch, guys. Yeah, this is something that, you know, if you're very, very much of a mainstream fan, you know, I, I kind of lean towards that. These are the ones that you need to venture off and, and give them a shot, you know, because they're just, they may not be uh, the most popular movies or, you know, what uh, the most exciting movies. Uh, we're just so used to action and instant gratification nowadays you know these ones are a little deeper and um you know they just there's something that's a little bit more artistic and uh and make you think which are fun man i think that wraps it up man um man i I had a lot of fun going back uh going back memory lane talking about the christopher nolan films and i'm super excited about being able to talk about tenant next week um i hear that tenant uh does isn't even playing yet in la and new york it's kind of the smaller markets so we're kind of the lucky ones to be able to be able to see these first. And uh, I'm excited that I got to see it and I uh, can't wait to talk about it. And uh, thank you for coming on, spending some time with me, Ryland. I know sometimes I uh, get really film nerdy with you, but uh, but uh, I love I'm, it. I, I love talking movies with you, man. I love talking movies in general. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to us. Love talking about movies and uh, we'll be back next week. But for Ryland Johnson, I am Charlie Thompson and we have been spitting the real shit. We'll see you guys later. So. Coming home is terrible. Whether the dogs lick your face or not. Whether you have a wife or just a wife-shaped loneliness waiting for you. Coming home is terribly lonely. So that you will think The oppressive barometric pressure back where you have just come from with fondness. Because everything's worse once you're home. Think of the vermin clinging to the grass stalks. Long hours on the road, roadside assistance and ice creams. And the peculiar shapes of certain clouds and silences. With longing because you did not want to return. Coming home is... Just awful. And the homestyle silences and 
clouds contribute to nothing but the general malaise. Clouds, such as they are, are in fact suspect and made from a different material than those you left behind. You yourself are cut from a different cloudy cloth, returned, remaindered, ill-met by moonlight. Unhappy to be back, slack in all the wrong spots, see me suit of clothes, dish rag, ratty, worn. Return home. Moon landed. Foreign. The Earth's gravitational pull. An effort now redoubled. Dragging your shoelaces loose and your shoulders. Etching deeper the stands of worry on your forehead. You return home deepened, a parched well linked to tomorrow by a frail strand of. Anyway. You sigh into the onslaught of identical days. One might as well, at a time. goes up and down like a tired whore. The weather immobile like a broken limb while you just keep getting older. Nothing moves but the shifting tides of salt in your body. Your vision blears. You carry your weather with you. Big blue whale. A skeletal darkness. You come back with x-ray vision. Your eyes have become a hunger. You come home with your mutant gifts to a house of bone. Everything you see now, all of it, <laughs> 